When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, it's time for the Bob Ryan Jeff Goodman Tango Along for the Ride podcast. And we are sponsored by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Networks. Score earlier this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Okay, guys, uh, let's get to the Celtics game last night. Uh, I did find myself in Philadelphia. I did have a chance to go to the game. And I will just tell you this, is that the the Celtics lost that game. I mean, they made a late run. But, Bob, the only solace I take is the Celtics did not play well. And Jalen Brown had an absolutely horrible game offensively, though he did do some other things. If Jalen Brown has his normal night, the Celtics win that game by 10. Yeah, you might say that. But, I mean, uh, I mean, you can say that, and that's fine. Uh, it it was kind of an inspiring game, frankly, in general terms. Uh, you know, in both ways, and, and nothing special uh, about it. Um, and th- that certainly uh, Brown. Once again, I point out that uh, the, he's under scrutiny, and of course, every game in which he does not play well, uh, you know, uh, he's going to have to hear, hear about it, and he's got to live with that. You know, as I said, the number is not his number isn't seven; it's three hundred four comma oh 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 comma oh oh oh. You know. And and that's a reality. And and um, it's anyway. Um, had they pulled that off, had Porzingis gotten them into the overtime, uh, it we would have you know it would be a fun thing to talk about. But it 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 would have kind of masked the fact that they deserved to lose that game. And yeah. and uh, that late run, notwithstanding, they deserved to lose that game. Um, and from the time that they were up by ten in the second quarter, uh, uh, from that point on, you know. They, did, they they were outplayed badly, frankly, after that. Um, so I'm, I'm not overreacting. It's a regular Start season. It's a regular game. season game. If they were 7-0 and as, as opposed to 5-2, and two, you know, we'd be – Whatever. But the, the, my takeaway, don't sleep on Philly. That's all. Well, don't sleep you. on Philly. Okay. That's my takeaway. Uh, you know, we we talked about Maxie. You, uh, you guys know where I stand on Maxie. Yeah, I, you're 25 I, last night. In the fan club ever since Kentucky – and um, you know, Embiid is no myth, and, and uh, you know they uh, they they're going to be around. They're going to be uh, they're going to be heard from, and and so good good you know nice good win good win for them. Is it a three horse race, Philly, Boston, and Milwaukee? Um, I'm not putting Philly there yet. I'm not putting Philly in that that yet. I I want to see more still. From from Philly and and I'm with you on Maxi. I am. I'm now in on Maxi, and it's funny because it's hard because I watch a lot of these kids when they're in college, and a lot of these Kentucky players really don't do a hell of a lot like at Kentucky, mm. and, and then they get to the pros, and you're like, quickly, Maxi, yeah. Jamal Murray, like these dudes. Why hasn't John Calipari won more than one title? 
uh, well, they're young. They are young. I'll give them credit for, again, for, for getting them, getting a lot of these kids ready for the NBA. He they does are, that well. They, they are asking that question in Lexington, as you oh, well yes. know. Yes, as you are. well know. Well, they're one and done, though, right? Most of them? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, that, I mean, it, that's on. why. It's, that's hard. Correct. You get them for eight months. You get them for eight months. And again, I think he does prepare them for, for the NBA well. I, I do. I just don't think it's the way to win a, a national title these days is not to be young, let's face it. Uh, but yeah, I, getting back to the Sixers, you know, to me, again, I think they're a half a step back still from Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I, but, but all I'm saying is don't sleep on them, that's all. And, 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 uh, and then, you know, we don't know where, how Miami's going to pan out this year. It's, and, and the thing we learned that, you know, that Butler – is rev, always revved up for the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, we're not making any definitive conclusions here uh, at, at all, uh, at all. So it, it, now, it, team out. now there's an intriguing team so far. If there's I one, I think it is two, you know, I, I oh, think there, I said, there is an intriguing team that, that we haven't mentioned yet that I'm, because th this is not the, uh, what's going on in Indiana scoring wise. And I had another big scoring night last night. And, uh, Something's, it's funny because I don't associate Rick Carlisle with that no, type of basketball not. at all. Right. You, want, so, you wonder when, when he had to coach Luca if that changed a little bit and he realized, all right, you know what? I'm not sure I'm going to get these guys to really guard at the highest level anymore. We're going to have to outscore dudes. Well, uh, Jeff, Jeff you, is he still taping his ankles for every game? Does he still tape his ankles as a yeah, coach? I don't, I don't know if he still does it. University of Maine, Rick Carlisle, for two years. Yeah. University of Maine, oh, yeah. Boston, Virginia. Yep. I know, I love that. Yeah, he was. I always loved the fact he was. He was older. He was. He was a twenty-five-year-old rookie, because he went. Uh, he went to prep school after high school. He went to Worcester right. Academy. Then he went to Maine. Then he transferred. Sat out a year. Then he had two more years at Virginia. He was twenty-five-year-old rookie. You know, which. So anyway, he was uncommonly mature. He, a couple of questions I have for last night's game. Um, Drew Holiday struggled. There was a stretch where, you know, where it's the ultimate second guess. You know, when Bede came out, he got hurt. I think he got hit in the eye. Um, and the Celts could have made a run. It looked like they were going to run away with it. But then Ms., uh, Joe puts in, oh, my God, I just, he hasn't played that much. The big guy. I just, I can look at uh, Cornette. Oh, Cornette. Cornette. Yeah, you know, and, and Holiday turns the ball over a couple times. Do you guys think Holiday, how do you think he's doing right now? Jeff, I'll start with you on this one. He's solid, right? He's solid. But that's what that's what Drew is. Like, Drew's not a guy that you're going to be like, oh, my God. There's no flash with him. There's never been flash with Drew right. Shane, right? He just does everything well. Nothing, well, I shouldn't say but nothing. But is he there yet? Him. We talked last week. The last no. Week, is he there no. yet? Is he there yet? It's been yeah. what seven games? Yeah. Hell no, no, he's not there yet, and it's probably going to take him another month. I mean, that's the the beauty of this team in a way, right? Is you know two of the, really two of their key pieces here, like you didn't have last year, and Derek White's only been with them for a year, so I, I think you got the my biggest concern right now with the Celtics ultimately is still. A, another big because Al looks like he's run out of out of gas. He he, he looks old. He looks yes, old. He looks old. He, he looks, looks old because he is. And, and my take is like you need somebody else because you can't put all this on Porzingis, yeah. right? You know, 
So you got to find Luke Cornett is evidently not the answer. They, they were talking him up in the preseason. Like he could be the answer for 15 minutes a game. Luke Cornett's not the answer. Not if, not if you want to win a championship, Luke Cornett can't be your, your eighth man. So you got to find somebody else here with, with the picks that they have. Brad Stevens has to kind of feel this thing out, but do it early enough when you can get the, the chemistry and the continuity and everything with whoever you're going to bring in. I, I wouldn't want to wait till the absolute trade deadline. I'd love to do it a little bit earlier. But again, the hard part of that is, you know, it takes till the trade deadline for a lot of these teams to realize, all right, I'm, I'm going to mortgage whatever whatever opportunities we have now. We're, we're out. You know, we're out. But I, I think there's going to be, listen, there's going to be six to eight teams that are out of it honestly in in two months that you could you could say to them hey at this point picks um i don't know who else you move at, at this point like who's got any value they don't really have any guys their bench their bench is just very underwhelming it right. is it's call it what it is it's very very right. underwhelming i know sam hauser can make shots i i know you like pritchard bob i like pritchard too for what he is they need one more guy a proven guy well, they need what White gave them two years ago, you know, the, at least. Uh, no, you're right. And uh, by the way, I will confess that I bought into Cornette last year at certain periods of time. I thought, hey, he's better than I thought. I thought they were kind of lucky to have him. So, but now we're finding out it's not, that was fool's gold. It's not, he's, he's not. The he's answer. fine as your 12th man. Like, he's, a, like he's an NBA like 12th man. He's an and, NBA player. He belongs in the NBA roster. He should always have a job, but but yes. you have to not ask him to do too much. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I go ahead, Bob. I'm sorry. No, that's all. I, I, I but I have to admit, I'm not going to pretend I, I wasn't sold. I thought he was the an answer last year. I was wrong. What do you guys think of Nick Nurse? Because when I saw that he made the move to Philly and they fired Doc, I was like, okay, he became a great coach because he had you know Kawhi for a year. <laughs> But now down in Philly, the buzz is they're buying into his his offense a little bit. Plus, he doesn't have to deal with Harden. So, Bob, I mean, is Nurse going to be better than Doc? Well, you know, I'm I'm probably I need to be recused on on the subject of Doc, you know, because I'm a, a Doc guy all the way, and and I I don't hold him accountable for for not winning in Philly and and uh, at all. And, and Neither not, do I. And so, um, is he better than Doc? No. But is he uh, a, an acceptable NBA coach that that did? In fact, he does have a ring, and you can't take it away from him. And yeah, he had he had Kawhi Leonard, but I mean, you, you need more. He he didn't hold them back. So I'm no, he's he's fine. But I I don't think they it was a sideways move at best in terms of the quality of coaching that they're going to get as opposed to what Doc was. Yeah, was I, I think hard losing you know Harden is is uh, addition yeah. by subtraction too, Jeff. Right? He certainly is now. He certainly is the way he was acting and, and playing. Uh, I Listen, sometimes you just need a, a change. Yeah. And I think Philly needed a change, you know, at, at a certain point, it's like, all right. And what do you do? You know, generally you go with like an opposite, right? Like you, you right. go with Nick nurse, a little bit tougher, a little bit more old school came up through, I think the Juco ranks and, mm -hmm. and, and the, you know, the, the G league and whatnot. So, a um, little different than Doc. So I, I think it, listen, it's easy to say it's working after seven, eight games. Like, like, come on, we got to give it some time here to see when they yeah. go through some adversity. Yeah. Then how do they react to Nick Nurse? Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. 
America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action, NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah. Uh, Bob, the other game you watched, uh, the Nuggets continue to chug right along. Uh, and <laughs> it's crazy how a defending champion is flying under the radar. <laughs> they, yeah, they, you're exactly right. They, they, they're getting, it's the, the Rodney Dangerfield thing, you know. Uh, with them and and uh, they're not getting the respect that they deserve uh, so uh, uh, so far uh, I was curious about the game because I was actually more curious to take a look at Golden State uh, in their current st- uh, situation uh, but and there was I, I wasn't enthused about it and I straight up watched the whole game um, and and um, uh, Curry of course had a class it was Curry classic in that he only had three. He made no two point field goals last night. He made only six threes. Um, you know, um, it, 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 they almost stole the game, but they didn't in the end. And uh, uh, they, they had a shot and he had a shot. Uh, he had a chance for a tying basket it was a, a, a left handed drive, a little flip. And it, it, you know, it wasn't the easiest shot in the world, believe me. And it didn't go in and, and, and they, uh, and they, they lost the game. Um, the, 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 you know, who I had forgotten all about is Boston College's own Reggie Jackson. Yeah. And where, I didn't even realize where he was. He had 20 points last night. I've just looked him up. You know, he's he's had a, 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 a very, you know, a, a very solid NBA career. Made a uh, lot of money, Bob. A lot of made money. Made a lot of money. He's he's a career 13 points a game guy. I didn't realize he would, that that was the case necessarily. Yeah. And um, anyway, Reggie Jackson was there. He's He had to start. Uh, Murray's out. And uh, um, they you know, Jokic, nothing changes. There's nothing that we haven't seen. It's exactly, you know, the, the, the Jokic that we've come to know and appreciate. And, uh, uh, you know, so that was, it, it was, it was, it wasn't fantastic game or anything, but I, I, I wanted to see it. Do you, do you think after watching Golden State, are you in on them as contenders again to win this whole thing or, or no? Not really. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, I I don't uh, I, I I but uh, I I would be you know you know you're not you're not going to get into playoffs and say oh goody we're playing the Warriors kind of thing but but you don't have to be afraid of them either I don't think and you know Chris really, Paul looks old Chris Paul just looks oh old. yes he's 38 we talked about right. Alvin Scott they 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 are you can't I know. the reason that they look old is that they are and 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 <laughs> it's just that's, that's seriously it's uh it's it, it you you know and he's he's not but he has had a some he had an amazing game last week you know when he had a, a 13 assist game and no turnovers and so and you know that's what this is what we've learned if it's one thing we've learned and in, in, in this league at least is that 
the 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 great truly great guys as they age uh they still will have certain uh blowback nights they're going to have certain blowback larry larry that was larry's last year or two every once in a while I remember he had that 46 points Sunday afternoon against Portland. I think I remember I was at the final four and, 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 and I'm coming out of, of the uh, afternoon session on Sunday, you know, uh, the, and, 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 um, and one somebody goes, Larry at 46 today, you know, and, and I said, really, you know, <laughs> I didn't, it's going to happen. They're, they're, they're going to have flashback games every night. And then that may, well, that's one of Chris Paul's flashback games. And Wemby seemed to oh. uh, run into a bit of a speed bump. Oh. I mean, he slowed down. Uh, I mean, he's 19. He's 19 years old. It's like his seventh game. Jeff, Jeff. Against... okay, time out, time out. I'm, I'm slowing the roll I, here. I, I, I understand. Yeah. I got to get you in sports talk radio mode. I don't have anything <laughs> else to ask you. I know it's seven-day <laughs> kids. Okay, this is what Felder used to say to me. He goes, look. Today is today. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> You're right. It's seven <laughs> games in. But but I think it's interesting to see him on the big stage. The Knicks were already up for him. And I guess probably the way I should ask the question is, you know, he's not going to come in and sneak up on anybody. I mean, yeah. the veterans are probably saying, Jeff, like, okay, huh. Wemby, all right, kid, not tonight. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, they kept asking him uh, leading up to the game, his thoughts on on Victor. And uh, you could tell he was pissed. He was like, <laughs> all right, let's go. Well, Mitchell Robinson's in his sixth year. He's turning 26 years old. He's played almost 300 NBA games. Wemby's played seven games. <laughs> he's 19 years old. And, oh, by the way, he's got jack shit around him for the most part, too. He doesn't have a very good right. team around him. Where at least Mitchell Robinson, what does he have to do? There's zero pressure on him. Just defend. And again, Mitchell Robinson's seven feet. He's not six eight, so it's a pretty good matchup because Mitchell Robinson's bigger. He's stronger. I can't wait to see Victor when you know, even when he's twenty two years old, and mm-hmm. give him a little bit more around him. Um, that you know, to me right now, he's gonna be up and down this year again, largely because he's gonna wear down, right? He's gonna wear down. We know that he's oh 19. yeah, right, of course. And he's playing 82 games. He's never done this. I, I just hope the biggest thing, and I say this to everybody right now about Victor, that, that, that puts him on this pedestal of he's going to be the next great thing, right? Well, Michael Jordan and, and LeBron and all the all-time greats, their bodies held up for the most part, right? Almost all of them were able to play a long period of time without having serious injuries. I, I know Wemby's got this workout routine, and this routine to try to stay limber and and, and stay um, in shape and, and, you know, his body. But I just worry about that body type. I worry about it. Well, both he and Holmgren, it's, it's the great question because we know the question, they have this phenomenal skill set, but uh, it is a, it's asking a lot in that league to, 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 have that that frame and no no question uh by the way i a little clip i saw of, of pop after the game he was in his uh, belichick mode after the game uh uh <laughs> not not entertaining the fools very so, gently uh, you know very very last night no at all <laughs> so all right so wait wait while you're on that while you're on that 
All right. This is a great question for Bob Gary. And, and you can weigh in too on this. Hey, all right. Of all, well, he's been doing it a lot longer than <laughs> I, you I understand. He's I in have. the Hall of Fame. Exactly. We are not. We yeah, are not. I understand. Uh, Bob, of all the coaches, when you mentioned Belichick and you mentioned Popovich, who is the most miserable coach you've ever dealt with in any sport at any level? Who is the guy? I couldn't stand Belichick. I couldn't stand dealing with him. Uh, I just thought he's he's an asshole to, to the media. Oh, and and yeah, I don't think yeah. he's an asshole outside of that. I really don't. I think he actually has a personality. I've talked to enough people around him that say he's got an actual personality when he gets outside the media. Uh, but I, I just think he treats the media like shit and there's no reason for it. Uh, give me give me somebody who comes to mind in any sport at any level. Wow, that's very interesting. Uh, I, 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 you know, I really don't. I can't say I, I really? can identify somebody that that was that horrible. Uh, you know, that I was aware of. Uh, it's at all. I really, I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I'd have to think about that one. But Seriously. I mean, Pop. Though here's the thing: is that the difference between what I think between Pop and Belichick, and and maybe because I'm not on the Spurs beat, and, and if somebody is on the beat, maybe they would you know, differ, but pop seems to be doing it tongue in cheek. Now I didn't see him last night. Okay. But he seems to be doing it tongue in cheek a little bit. Bill despises the media. I mean, he has no use for them. Now, Jeff is right. Belichick is, well, first of all, Bill Belichick is a brilliant man. I mean, he is a very smart man. And generally, if you're smart, the sense of humor comes. Now, if you're in the inner circle, he has a very biting, cutting sense of humor. Very smart sense of humor. But he just, like, even, I'll tell you this story. Even the guys that, you know, every, well, everybody knows, like, Pauly Perello and all those guys down there. You know, Fred down at uh, the PFW, the Patriot Football Weekly, which is now Patriots.com. That is the in-house media arm of the Patriots, which the Crafts were the, the first ones in the league to do it. Now, everybody has one. Right. Bill cannot understand why a team would hire their own reporters. I mean, those guys have dealt with that constantly. I mean, they get the money from the same tell. Right. And Bill has no use for them, right? I mean, he has no compassion and no understanding. So I think Pop, I mean, Bob, I think Pop is a little tongue-in-cheek and kind of gets I, him. I mean, Bill just, if Bill would say, if he never had to deal with the media again, he would be fine. I gotta disagree. Oh, okay. Disagree because there's this the the Bill Belichick on display early on on game day and 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 on earlier in the week as a rule is very different than the Bill Belichick that you see when we get to Friday, and 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 um. That that Bill Belichick, when you don't have to ask him the questions he doesn't want to answer about the specifics of the moment, that that Bill Belichick that can who is the knows more about football history than any coach who has ever coached in this league. There's no he question. The most, he's the greatest repository of football information that the NFL has ever ever known. Uh, and, and and you get him in that, and you ask historical questions or reference questions and 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 and, and position questions. He's, he's, he's very good. Um, I don't think he, I, I, my theory has been, and by the way, you mentioned, it's funny, when you said about, you thought Pop was tongue in cheek, my, I formulated this theory going back about five or six years ago that uh, Bill walks off the podium 
and back into the coach's room after one of these sessions, it goes, <laughs> I did it again. I think he's done. <laughs> I believe it. I, I, I don't think he despises the media. I, I, I really don't. And, and, uh, uh, but, but I think he's having fun. He, he, this is the role he's playing. He plays different roles. That's the well, role. Well, I, I, well, I will say this about Bill, which, look, right now we could, I mean, it all comes down to the players. We all know that. Um, but when he, when they had great teams, the way he conducted, and he would shut down information. I mean, Belichick, if you, if you're a young coach and you want to look at somebody on how to avoid controversy, Belichick was terrific at it. I mean, really was. It's harder to do in the NBA. You know, but long as we're reminiscing, my favorite press conference ever, and I'm sure I think Bob may feel the same way, was Parcells. Because oh. you could go into a Parcells press conference, you know, and I think Doc is the same way. Doc had that same ability. But you could go into a Parcells press conference like, okay, I'm going to question you about one of your players who, I don't know, is in deep trouble. And next thing you know, you're laughing. There was nobody better than disarming the media than Parcells. Bill Parcells, I said, if someone had, from the day he took the job, kept track and recorded every single press conference, and, and by the end time he left, you would have had a fantastic book. Oh, my it, God. You're right. Because it, you didn't know where they were anything was going to lead. You didn't know what metaphor and what analogy what 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 incident he was going to dread you know come up with summon uh right he was color he was entertaining they were absolutely entertaining his, his press is he the most quote like who's the most quote or I'll, I'll flip it yeah from yeah. from the biggest asshole which is basically <laughs> what i was trying to ask yeah i know but I, yeah yeah to to the most entertaining to the one guy that you want to be in there for either a press conference or a one-on-one -on -one with for for an hour what coach would that be? I'll tell you who's high on the list. Stan Van Gundy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Stan Van Gundy was what was wonderful, I thought, for us. Yes. He he was unfiltered. And Correct. and and, and he, yeah. he, he liked to have he liked to have fun too. Uh, you know, I, we I, have I a lot. We we had a lot in college basketball, the older guys, like Jim Calhoun was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Right. Now you didn't know what you're gonna get. You had to be a little careful. Like I have my days where honestly afterwards he wouldn't talk to me for like a day. He would, he would go after me. And then the next day he would forget and move on. Uh, Bayheim, Patino still. Oh, Bayheim, some classic. of that in him. Bayheim, hilarious. It was awesome. Awesome. Hilarious. Now, here's the best one, the best current college basketball coach, the most quotable. And I don't know how much time you spent around him, Bob. Danny Hurley at UConn. Is a really? quote no. machine. Wow. Is a, he is unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah. now it's even going to be at a little bit of higher level now that he won the national title. But it was always that way. And, and he's quotable. His wife, Andrea, is even more quotable. I'll tell you a guy that uh, I'm sure, depending on who you talk to, would either get, we, we put at either of these two extremes, you know, and, and, and I was a, friend of his from day one and so uh you know i i that's hubie brown and oh there yeah, were a lot yeah, of yeah people you know hubie could be I don't very, know hard. Hubie. Yeah, hubie I never could be very hard on people in atlanta he was notoriously hard on on, on one of the writers he, he just didn't respect them he just thought that, that the guy did, did you know didn't distinguish himself that, that he was worthy of respect 
but if he liked you, oh my God, you know, and, and I got to tell you, this is the classic uh, Hubie. I am in, uh, I'm, I'm, he's coaching the, the Kentucky Colonels, okay, uh, at the time. And, and, I'm, and ex, they are playing an exhibition game in Cincinnati. And I am there, whatever reason. And, and, and <laughs> of course, course you are, Bob. Because you're you. Of, of course you are. Right, because you're you, Bob. That's so why you were there. After the game, ex, after this exhibition game, which they, I don't even know if they won or lost. I think I lost. There's a young kid from, a, you know, with a tape recorder, radio kid, local, asking him these, these, these serious questions about this exhibition game. And Hubie goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, uh, uh, he said, this is an exhibition game. He said, uh, I'm, he said, my owner, who is an asshole, it was John White Brown, my owner, who is an asshole, wants to win these games. I'm trying to get my team ready for the season. <laughs> and I was, uh, I mean, and that was just, was, I, I, Hubie was priceless in, in, in many, many ways. Or the other one, you'll love this one. This is after a playoff game when he's with the Hawks. And Ray Williams, I was with the Knicks, with the Knicks. And Ray Williams has had a a, a, a score sheet game, which, which which included like nine turnovers, you know. And 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 he goes, effing guy, effing guy, he thinks it's the Rucker League. <laughs> <laughs> That's, no, I didn't so, realize Hubie was that good as a coach. Oh, I didn't realize he was that good. Really, I love. I I. Just, I learned a lot of basketball from Hubie Brown. I'm going to tell you something. It, 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 he was a, one of my NBA mentors that I learned a lot from Hubie. Wow. John Thompson. John Thompson was also oh, good. Big John. Big John. I had a John did not. I, he didn't love the meat. Like, how about, I'll give you, I'll give you a story. This was late after he retired. I wrote a story on John Thompson, the third and basically how it was time. You know, he, he had been lazy Georgetown had started to really fall off. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a story, talked to about 30 people, former players, former coaches that all kind of agreed that it was time, you know, that, that this program was going down and uh, wrote it. And then I saw big John at the Big East tournament right after, and I wanted to go up to him and, and get his reaction. So I went through the, the sports information director and uh, big John looked over at me and uh you could just see like there was zero i just wanted to do it because i felt like i needed to i felt <laughs> like i gotta be accountable you gotta be there and if you want to go off on me or give me your take on it i'm here he wanted no part he was you could tell if he had been a little younger he might have gotten up out of his chair and kicked my ass yeah. no he was he could oh he could be very intimidating obviously i mean never forget the man was six feet ten weighing upwards of three bills yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, he was a no. There, he was a he was a trip. Now, some people like I know Wilbine loves him. Michael Wilbine loves him. Yeah. I know guys. You know that. Uh, but and I, I I didn't have much. You know, I had casual relationship yeah. with I. And, well, and, who are right, who? Uh, sorry to do this to you, Gary. Yeah, sure. I hope you don't no, no, no. It's just good stuff. Who who's the most intimidating player or coach you've ever been around? I kind of said it last week. I think that Bob Knight was Bob, up Bob, there Bobby for Knight. me. Uh, Player-wise, for me, um, I remember being in in a in a clubhouse. It was actually a spring training game, 
And Frank Thomas came in after going 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Right. And I'm waiting in his locker like an idiot. I don't know why I'm waiting in his locker. I should have known better, but I was young. He comes over and he takes his hand and he punches that locker as hard as he could. I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah. There's no <laughs> way I'm dealing with Frank Thomas now. Well, clearly the most intimidating guy, uh, and I'm sure I'm hardly alone, uh, he would win the prize was Albert Bell. And, oh, yeah. and what Albert Bell did to to uh, ruin a clubhouse was extraordinary. Uh, 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 and those good Indian teams, those, you know, those wonderful teams that that didn't, unfortunately, never won damn thing, even though that they had that great lineup. Yeah. Um, he was he he the locker room it was was poisoned because of him, and and that's with a very affable coach, uh, a, a, a manager too. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he was, but, but, uh, you know, I used Albert, to, how about this? Bob? I went to school at university of Arizona. They had spring training at high Corbett field right down the street in Tucson. I used to ride my, I had, a, I had a credential. I used to ride my bike over there every day and go to spring training. And at that time, you didn't know those guys. They were all young, Jim Tomey, Roberto Alomar, Albert, Joey Bell. I mean, it, it was Kenny Lofton. Like, that was a young team that you had no idea when you were going over there. And um, actually, the one of the most intimidating people, maybe more intimidating at that point for me, to me, was Bob Feller. Oh, he Bob was, Feller was there as like a pitching instructor or a really, special huh? instructor. Man, was he intimidating. He was a notorious curmudgeon. Yeah. yeah. That was the word. Oh, yeah. He was not uh, affable, to say the least. No, he, he was he was very. I I learned that one. By the way, you mentioned uh, Arizona. Uh, Bell's lieutenant, if you were, you know, was was Lofton. He he was he was a he was no day at the beach either. No, he wasn't. He was an no. Arizona guy too, and yeah, he was tough to deal with. Gary, who who comes to mind? Who who's who was intimidating? Who? I mean, you've been around enough over the yeah. years. Was there somebody? Now, I was never really intimidated. I, you know, I knew that when Patino was going through a tough time, you know, I was working at Channel 4, and, and we were running the Rick Patino show, you know, yeah. so we were kind of, you know, remember, you know, the, 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 the great character Jersey Red, you know, was oh, yeah. the producer, the producer of the Rick Patino show. <laughs> He's the producer? Yeah, yeah, he was the producer. And I asked some questions that they didn't like. You know, and I got the desk there um, because we were supposed to be kind of in bed with them. And I think Lobel got a call about that. But never really not. I, I, I don't really remember any of it. I mean, I just knew when I would go to a Belichick press conference, I gave up. I mean, I would be like, this is a waste of time. I know some guys had to ask questions, but I would just go, he's not going to answer it. You know, I don't have time for this. I'm going to go deal with the players, you know, to be quite honest with you. But I had a pretty good run. I don't really have one of those. Plus, you know, also, though, for, not that anybody cares. For a big part of my career, I was a pregame show host. Right. right. I wouldn't it's exactly different. call us journalists, you know? Well, you were different. You weren't You weren't going in, right? You weren't asking the, the yeah, really tough no. questions in a locker room after a game. No. Right. No, no though, that's no. where you. No. No. no, mine was, what's your favorite you color? Right, right. No, you know, I, so I wasn't like Bob or like you guys or Shaughnessy for that matter. Like, you know, Dan would always show up. You know, I never, like when we would do it, 
Like, my God, remember, we were down at Fort Myers. We used to have the entire Red Sox team come over and do the 6 o'clock show with us on the beach. We'd give them dinner, slap on the back. I mean, I remember one time Bronson Arroyo, he showed up in a limo that we got from with a mirror ball in the limo uh, with some gas. I'll just leave it at that of the opposite sex. <laughs> hey, Bronson, what's up? Hey, fellas. You know, it was I was a different. Yeah. It, it, it was it was it was a different time. The only time I ran into it is when I asked Brady, I, I was uh, working with Callahan and those guys, and I asked Brady about the cheating. He wasn't too happy about that, you know. I just came right out, you know, and he was, uh, you know, I asked him about the, you know, the deplate gate and all that, and that was the. Uh, he was kind of surprised too. I asked him, so my career did not mirror uh, the two gentlemen I'm talking with. What if there was an app that used AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets? Well, there is. It's called Odds Are. It's the mobile app you need to know what bets of the day are the smart ones. Download the app, sign up for an account, and let the latest data analysis guide you through today's point spreads, money lines, and over-unders. If you see green, that's a smart bet. If you see yellow, you're on your own. If you see red, don't do it. Odds Are doesn't take your bet. It makes you better at it. With Odds Are on your mobile phone, you're a tap away from making a smart play. It's smart betting made simple. Find the Odds Are app in the App Store or on Google Play. Get a two-week free trial. It's just 10 bucks a month after that. The casinos and sportbooks want you to bet. Odds Are want you to win. So go get it. The Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast listeners actually have a special deal, too. Get your first 30 days of the app free. Just go to oddsr.com slash Bob Jeff to download the app. That's oddsr.com slash Bob Jeff. 30 days of smart betting free. We call that a winning bet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But Jeff, before we go, you have a commentary on college basketball. Well, I want to get Bob's take because Bob's a huge college hoops fan. And uh, college basketball started Monday. And my guess is, Gary, you have no idea college basketball even started Monday because Barely. there's been shitty games. Like every night has been a pretty much a shitty night. You'll have like Tuesday, there was one good game. Auburn played Baylor uh, in Sioux Falls. Friday night uh, is going to be loaded. I'm going to be at Arizona at Duke. There's there's some really good games Friday night. Uh, Texas A&M plays Ohio State. It's good, finally. But the first four nights are garbage, absolute garbage. And it's because the coaches don't want to play anybody that early, Bob. They used to have the Champions Classic. Well, they moved it back because of, of voting day. Um, and now I think Cal Perry and maybe one other of the coaches are like, we'd rather have it the second week than the first week. But that leaves a major void. My idea, and I've talked to a bunch of coaches about this, my idea is to get whatever, 8, 12, 16 teams together, sign a two-year deal, and it's not necessarily the Dukes and the Kentuckys. It could be the Arkansas, the Alabamas, the Purdue's, um, some of those teams that have coaches that have job security, two-year deal, and there's eight games over those first four days 
uh, on different networks. It might be ESPN, because you're not going to play on ESPN Monday night because of Monday Night Football. Play it at FS1 or Turner or whatever. Tuesday night, you play two games on ESPN. Wednesday night, they have NBA on ESPN. Maybe play one game on the Deuce, one game on FS1. Whatever it is, sign up for a two-year deal with, with these second tier but really good programs and coaches that have job security so that the sport comes out with a bang not a whimper on on these lines i call your attention to the x that i put out there for the world to see the day after the that opening night in which i annotated about a dozen final scores without mentioning who had played who just yeah. said here's your opening night and you know ridiculous scores the, the highlight of which was and i did it was uh saint mary's 107 stanislaus state 28 Jesus. i'll repeat that 107 to 28 folks there were at and, least and saint mary's is a top 25 team it's not like saint, saint mary's is a really good team i'm picking to go to the final four this year but i'm saying so, Bennett, come on well so they you know you're right they, they, now this has been i Look, 50 years ago when I'm at BC, you know, you, you weren't opening up, but uh, you 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 wanted a a, a a game you were going to win, but somehow we, you know, it's gotten out of hand. I mean, obviously, the, with with this, uh, uh, and uh, you're right. It's I'm paying attention, okay, because I I do care, and I'm trying. And here's the thing, though, about college basketball that that because of the the, the turmoil we're in, you don't know who's with who, you don't know who transferred to where. You you need a complete refresher, you know. I know, and and you, you it's really hard to keep. I just really finally, hard. I I, really I, hard. I did yeah. yesterday. Uh, bought myself. I was coming back from my trip to North Carolina, and I uh, I, I bought myself the the uh, college uh, college basketball magazine so I could you know which uh, a those good things are so outdated. We we do well, one at the Almanac. It's a website now that we put together. Yeah, I'll give yes. I'll give you the login and and oh yeah, I, I know I, it was great. I I, I do need that. And, yeah. you know, and well, they did make a disclaimer in the, in the magazine to say if any transaction happened after August 24, we, 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 we won't have it. Right. And and I, I noted that there's at least one. Anyway, now I'll tell you that the transfer situation that bothers me, that this is wrong. Hunter Dickinson going from Michigan to Kansas is it is what it is now. It, it's it, Hey, it's not the world that you grew up in. It's not oh the my world God. I grew up in. And how about Bill Self getting this new humongous contract? And, and they're not out of the woods yet. With, with they are. They're out. No, they're are out. they out? Yeah, they yeah, are. He got nothing. They got nothing. Boy, nothing. Like, no? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. I, I, missed, I, I, I stand corrected then. I nobody got anything out of all those schools, Bob, that were that were hit in, in the federal investigation. Um Obviously, kind of Rick Pitino lost his job, but based on not just that, but based on the, the accumulation of things, yeah. Sean Miller lost his job at Arizona. Will Wade lost his job at LSU. But the penalties themselves, the only team that got hit hard, believe it or not, was Oklahoma State. They got a postseason ban. Mm -hmm. Everybody else got off with nothing of, of, of note. Maybe a suspension, you know, self-imposed here or there, but for the most part, Oklahoma State was the only one that got hit, and it's because they didn't go through this th this process, new process that was called the IARP uh, process, and now that thing's gone. So 
Oklahoma State got screwed in the whole deal anyway, just to clarify on that with Kansas. All right, right, gentlemen, uh, as we close things out, I will say I did call Tony Allen and Marcus Smart overrated on the pregame show. Neither gentleman appreciated it. I'll leave you at that. I call. Oh, hey, I I called I called Ted Washington an asshole. Wow, <laughs> Buffalo! I it's called Ted Washington an asshole. Oh, how, how yes. tell that story? So, uh, and by the way, in case Ted Washington was like three hundred seventy-five pounds God, was, nose tackle. So when, here yeah. was the deal with Ted Washington, and this was again in Buffalo before he got to the Patriots. Uh, anytime a reporter would go over to Ted Washington, and and I was with the Associated Press at the time, young. Um, that he would give him this big song and dance, you know. Oh, geez, why would you be able to? Like it was just this big charade, and uh, I never needed Ted because again, he's a nose tackle. I'm with the Associated Press. He's not a part of my stories ever. Well, finally, it's like you know, I've been there like you know two months, and his locker is next to one of the nicest people in on the planet, Marcellus Wiley's, and. Uh, I decide, you know what? I'm going to try it. I've been here a couple months. I'm going to try it. I don't even need him, but I'm like, I'm going to try it. Let's see what his reaction is. So I go over. Hey, Ted, you got a minute. I can't believe you. I don't have time for this. So I look right at Marcellus and I go, why is he such an asshole? And uh, so the next day, the, the defensive line has to come through the media room to get to their film room. Okay, so the media room is kind of out in a main area and they got to go to their film room right uh, by the the media room. So I know I'm like, oh, shit, what's going to happen now? Bruce Smith likes me at this point. Bruce Smith knows he can play me. I'm a young I'm a young kid breaking in. So he knows he's got me. Okay, and he was going through some injury stuff. So um, we had actually had a pretty good relationship in the short time I was there. So. Ted goes through the media room and uh, comes right up to me, right up in my face. And he's pointing, he's in my face. And he goes, the the PR guy was a guy named Scott Berktold at the time. And he's like, he called me an asshole. And he's literally in my face. And I'm like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm going (laughs) to die. Like, Ted could kill me. And uh, luckily, uh, Bruce Smith kind of stepped in and, uh, and calmed him down. And uh, that was it. But man, yeah. I, and I said to him, I go, Bruce, I didn't, I didn't call you. And I, I, I said, you, you were an asshole. I tried to clarify it a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. Back but he didn't care. That's he did not, not care at all. No, no, no. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It was past tense. You're a nice guy today. You were an asshole yesterday. That's right. That's right. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Good Pass. stuff as always. Uh, we'll talk to you again. Uh, we'll check it again next week. Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman, I'm Gary Tagway. Along for the ride with the Ryan Goodman podcast sponsored by FanDuel, uh, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Gentlemen, talk soon. Okay. Uh-huh.